Welcome to the Property Profits Podcast. My name is Travis Wells and I will be your host every single week. It is my job to bring on a specialist in every part of real estate, whether that be retail, big commercial, luxury, flipping, land, you name it. I cannot wait to introduce you to these people because there are masters at their craft out there. At the end of each podcast, my mastermind group will come on and Q&A with these people and ask real-time, real-life questions so that we can all learn. I cannot wait to see you on my podcast. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Kai Logue, a virtual wholesaler based out of San Antonio, Texas. His goal is to wholesale a property in every state in the USA. Kai, what you got, man? You know, pounding the pavement. I was like smashing my head against the wall, trying to figure it out. And you know, finally get one. I only made like eleven hundred dollars, I think. And it was like tough to get to the finish line. Oh my god, this sucks, man. I kind of felt like quitting, but my god, I'm gonna keep going. And I'm happy I did because shortly after that, I think within like a week, um, we got one and we ended up flipping that one and we made over sixty grand. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is sweet, man. I'm I'm all in on this. So since then I've been going all in and yeah, yeah, we've learned a lot. You know, like I said, we do it virtually now. And um, yeah, it's good. It's going pretty well. So do, are you guys familiar with wholesaling at all so far? Or are you guys like, do you guys get how wholesaling works? Somewhat. Yeah, I mean, so, you can so, run through it. It, it. Like I said, get the main concept, but, you know, down in the details, not so much. Cool. And I'll give you a little back end of where we're at right now. Kai is uh, uh, teaching them how to find deals, find money, what mm-hmm. deals make sense why they make sense why they don't we're pretty much at that stage you know uh so yeah wholesaling is a perfect perfect avenue they're about nobody's put anything under contract yet but Mm -hmm. i'm confident very soon they're going to so that's why i said man it's perfect timing to bring a good wholesaler on yeah that's awesome yeah if you guys are already doing the work you're doing half the battle which is you know finding the deals so find the deal you get under contract when you're wholesaling and then really all you do is you assign that contract to another buyer so say it doesn't meet your criteria, like Travis was saying, for a rental. And then literally you just, you know, as long as you know it's a good deal, you just get under contract and then you just find a buyer or you JV with someone who has a buyer. And then, yeah, you can flip it. And it's basically whatever the profit margin is. So say example, it's like a, for easy math, it's like a hundred grand house. And you know, another buyer will pay 150. You know, so you'll make 50K there. So it's really just whatever you negotiate. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a great way to build capital. And, you know, it's uh I think it's one of the best ways to start, especially if you guys are already talking to people. Yeah, it's perfect. Where are you finding the most sex, success in finding a buyer after you find the deal? Um, so we do um, like a lot of like, um, like basically, so what we do is we pull a lot of lists. So we do it for, you know, finding sellers and we also do it for finding buyers. So we'll go in and we'll pull like all the data for any investors in that area that have bought in, you know, multiple properties in the last couple of years, like two years or um, something. If that's too many, we'll do a year. But basically, we just kind of you know use data to try to find who the buyers are, and then we skip trace them, and then we just run them through an automation, and we like text them all, and like it'll say like, hey, are you still buying properties in um, St. Pete or Tampa or wherever? And uh, if they are, then we just hop on a call with them, and then we just kind of vet them, see what their buy box is, um, or if you know if it sounds like they are just looking for a deal, we can if we have a deal there already, we'll just send them that deal. Okay, because you have to tight window once you're under contract. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, as long as the numbers are good, um, unless it's like a really small market, you shouldn't have an issue finding a buyer. You know, like we had one in Arkansas, we just had to let go because there are no buyers there at all. And the numbers were great, but there's nobody was buying that. It was like Higdon or something. I never heard of it. But 
Yeah, as long as so we try to focus on like major metros and like within 30 minutes to like something depends on the metro sometimes like like to an hour away. And um yeah, usually we're we're able to find buyers pretty easily. But what do you use for the texting program, like the software to mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually built my own CRM and it does it all. It's um, called REI Bot CRM. And then, yeah, so we do that for like all our text and automations for sellers and for buyers. And yeah, it just makes it a lot easier. Kyle, you keep saying we, you got a team with you or what? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so it's me, my wife. Um, so I, I mostly handle acquisitions. Uh, we have another sales guy just started this week and we have a few VAs in the Philippines who work with you. What's your sales guy doing? Is he... Uh... Yeah, so he's just basically the same thing I'm doing. So like I'm in like mostly I do like everything like like high level too. Like when, um, but I also work in the business. But in the business, I'm doing sales, um, or acquisitions, just finding deals. Sounds like similar to you guys are. But what we do is we'll pull lists. Um, we like to get data from the county. So like here in San Antonio, for example, Javier, you can do this too. I can um, choose a link, but you just uh, you basically you go to um, the county and you can get a whole code violations list. And then you kind of have to sort them because some of the like the codes are like bullshit and they're like not really relevant and be like they have like a basketball hoop or something. But if you find the good ones that like oh like it's vacant or you know their water shut off or there's a whole bunch of them, you'll just read them and you'll see what why they got that. But that way you know they're more likely to be distressed. So we'll get a list like that and you can get them from any county, uh pretty much anywhere that has code violations and it's Freedom of Information Act. So like you, they have to give it to you. But you get that, so you get all that, it's all free. Um, I think some places you have to pay if they have to like digitize it for you, but um, it's still like super, super cheap, even if you do pay. And then we just, yeah, we run text and voicemail automations and, you know, I find out who's interested. Hmm. So you, that, that, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. You said that uh property in Arkansas, you had to let it go. So you got mm-hmm. it under contract, couldn't find a buyer and you were just like, Hey, just kidding. I'm out. Or how did that work? Did that yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I just said, Hey, my partner backed out. Um, we had, an, we gave ourselves an inspection period and then we try, we try to let the, um, the sellers know like immediately and like as soon as we can, because like, we don't want to dick them around or, you know, like, especially sure. they're looking to sell. We, did, we try to keep them updated. Um, but yeah, I basically said, Hey, my, my partner backed out and just wasn't willing to do it. So, and we we're still able to cancel because we're in the inspection period. How are you usually structuring that deal when you uh, set something up, right? Like, you know, you put, let's say, some earnest money down and then you put a buy and hold period of, what, 500 bucks or something? Or do you even put any money in? Or? So I put like 10 bucks in just because you got to put something in. Um, so, yeah, and then, yeah, just $10 earnest money. And I'll put the inspection period like up to the like the day we're supposed to close. Yeah, that's awesome. So what he said there about putting the inspection period when they're supposed to close, that's where your negotiation skills come in too. Cause you're going to, they're going to be like, man, we don't want to give you that long. And you know, I'm sure you've got to go in and handle that objection. Well, do you have anybody looking at your property already? Do you want to sell it? We got cash, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I don't really get it too much. They will. They'll ask, but like, Hey, what's like, why? Like, why is that? Why don't you give me 10 bucks? I'm like, Oh, hey, that's a great question. We just do a lot of deals and we just can't afford to lock all up our money um, for you know, long periods of time. And, you know, as long as, you know, everything you told me is accurate, like basically you're being honest with me about what work it needs. Yeah. This, these numbers aren't going to change. How long are you for an inspection period? Um, Like usually like 30 days or yeah, usually I put 30 days out. Okay. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kai, but y'all mostly 95 or 99% do off market, right? We do. Yeah. That's all we do. So, and that's a good point because when you start trying to wholesale stuff on market, it gets, you get all these people involved. Realtors don't know their head from their butt and everybody's like freaking out. So it's pretty crazy. 
yeah, I know there's people that do it and I obsess with it, but it just, yeah, it seems complicated for me. And I just like doing off market. Um, so what about, what's your most recent deal that you've done? Like what, uh, I guess your most recent, um, I guess your easiest deal you've done recently and your, and your most, uh, your, your hardest deal, if you wouldn't mind going over. Yeah. Yeah. So we just did one. We got paid on yesterday or the day before. Um, but yeah, we did one. Uh, we got a deal up in Sacramento and we thought it was going to be hard because, you know, we didn't really know the area. We didn't really have too many buyers there. So we tried to find buyers. We had a few that were kind of interested, um, but I knew somebody else. Um, so I JV'd with, um, uh, do you know uh, Mike Lannis? Yeah. 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 JV'd with them. And yeah, they, they used um, Investor Lift or whatever. And they yeah, found a buyer super fast. And yeah, it was um, it was great. So yeah, JV was someone else who had buyers and they handled all that. So that was super easy, which is nice because they have a whole team of like calling people and doing stuff. So, but yeah, I liked, liked that. We still each, um, we each made like 12, five, like 12K and like 12.5K, however you call it, like 12,500. Um, and yeah, it was cool. It was easy. And so I like that. And then, yeah, probably the hardest one was at Arkansas recently, though, just having to let it go. Um, but probably one to like get to the finish line. We have this nightmare deal in Georgia. And one thing you want to do if you're doing virtual um, or really anywhere, you just want to vet the title company. And we didn't vet the title company at all. And it was a nightmare. Like there was an all cash transaction. It was supposed to close in two weeks. And I had like the cash buyer was good. It was only like a $63,000 house he was paying. And we were supposed to make 20K. Um, so we're comfortable with that. And then it was, we, we still got to the finish line, but it ended up taking like three months. And like, it was, it took me like, I don't know, like probably like a hundred hours of like manually calling the title company again and again, because it would never answer. And they'd say, oh, everything's good. Everything's good. And then like the day before we're supposed to close, they'd be like, oh, we need all these documents. And I'm like, fuck, I like asked you guys. So, but um, it was just, I, I realized they're politely telling me to go fuck myself. And they didn't want to work with me because it was a small deal and they just didn't care. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. So it was frustrating, but, uh, but we still got to the finish line. I don't know how there's like a lot of, you know, talking to the buyer and the seller and like reassuring them because they're both getting cold feet. Cause like, I don't know why it's so complicated. I'm like, I don't either, but we're going to figure it out. And yeah. that's awesome. I mean, you're getting paid to solve problems. Right. hundred like, percent. That's awesome. Like you're, because a lot of people don't understand that they're like, man, how do you just flip a contract? Well, like you're going through all these hurdles. You're mm -hmm. having to solve these problems, drum up this, this interest, find the buyer. You're, creating like the equity that's there and that's how you're getting paid yeah 100 and that's really it i mean i just have to make it happen and like you know that one i had to like you know go the extra mile and just take ownership and be like yeah they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing but what can i do to make this happen so it's really just making sure you're like the problem solver as travis said you're just trying to get to the finish line you said you've been wholesaling for two years you've mm -hmm. got pretty successful at it i hear your name all the time doing it yeah. and I see you doing it. it's awesome so i mean you scaled very quickly um two years is quick when do you think the how many deals did you get under your belt before you were like you know what i i'm i could do this i'm not you know i'm not worried about it anymore like i feel confident um it's probably a good amount i'd say probably once i was like consistently getting one a month i'm like okay this is cool um but i'd say i don't know i say like pretty much all in. i don't really think like i'm not like a long-term 
thinker I am sometimes, but usually I'm just like, I get excited about things. And when I made that first 60 grand, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep hustling and see what happens. Cause then once I had, it just got easier every time. Cause once I got the first one, it was like, fuck, I only made a grand. I did all this work and then to jump through all these hoops. And then the second one, I'm like, oh, that was a lot easier. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But um, every time it's just gotten easier and easier. Cause it's like, you have a problem come up and you're like, okay, cool. And you know, next time, you know, what the answer is. So it gets easier for sure. But like, especially even looking back, like it probably wouldn't have took me 60 days. Like it wouldn't have obviously, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have took me that knowing I know now. Cause like even looking back and like, I know I'd go out and like do things that weren't efficient um, or even just like the sales process. I like, wasn't comfortable talking to the people and like, didn't know the right words to say. And I figured they know I didn't know the right words to say because I didn't know anything about real estate. Um, but it just, you just build your confidence as you go and it gets better and better. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, what what other questions do y'all have for Kai? I got a few more, but uh, if you wouldn't mind, Kai, I'd like to kind of open them up for them because I'm sure their heads are swirling right now. So I'd hate to uh, take up your time and they, and they got a ton of questions. I have two two totally unrelated questions. I'll throw them both. Um, one, um, I guess you did say you're nationwide, but are there areas that you focus on? And yes. Then, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we're not, so we can do it um, nationwide. We've only done like I think eight different states right now. Um, we've done a lot of different markets in those ones. So we've done Florida, Texas, Georgia, um, California. We've done a, like a bunch of California, and then Washington State, and then I think there's a couple more I'm forgetting. But yeah, pretty much they're all major markets. So like in or out of those major markets. Cool. Yeah. And I guess the second one, um, ultimately the buyer is going to the title company and seeing that number on the contract. Um, do you ever get them having cold feet saying, Hey, you're going to make, you know, $25,000 off of this. Um, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, yes, that's a good question. So there are places that can do like blind HUDs, uh, depends on the title company or relationship you have with title company. Um, they kind of mask that, but I'm always pretty upfront with it. Not like when we're negotiating, but um, you know, I have asked me like after I would make it, I'm like, yeah, and I'll tell them. I never had anyone like have a heart, give me a hard time about it, even without a blind HUD. Blind um, HUD? Like yeah, yeah, HUD. Um, okay. So yeah, the title company works their magic and makes it look like you're not getting that. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I've never really had anyone give me like an issue about it. I had one guy, was just a nightmare, like thinking about bad people I had lately. Because that one, then we had like three or four in a row, they're all just nightmares to get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And then we got an easy one. I'm like, oh, nice, that was cool. But um, yeah, so the uh, for so the other one we had, there's like a buyer who just like didn't want to pay and he's just being a dick. And it, that was because I JV'd with someone and they like pretended they knew what they were doing. So it wasn't my buyer. They just weren't handling them. It was a nightmare. And then um, luckily I had a good relationship with that title company and they, because uh, I did a bunch of deals with them. So they like picked my side, but he's like trying to tell them not to pay me and stuff. And it was crazy. But, but not usually, but yeah, not like that's the only time I really had issue with the buyer. Most buyers are cool. But I vet them and like talk to them and make sure they're real people and like knock dicks and yeah, you know, obviously not get, making money. I guess I've heard of double closing to where if you double close, it hides it from them. Mm-hmm. That day. Yeah. You just pay more closing costs, but yeah, you can do that too. Uh, do you have to, you don't have to show up though, right? Are you signing power of attorney or anything for all of it or just all online sign and they go it's in all online. on it? Yeah, it's all online. I just make sure another question I ask um, when you do it nationally or just outside your market, um, just ask if they have mobile notaries. That way it makes it easier for the buyer and the seller too. But. If these guys found a deal, um, since you're already established, would you JV with them? Yeah, yeah 100%. What, what is that that term right there? Is it JB? Like Bravo? JV, joint venture. So JV, JV, okay. He's already established. He, he's got buyers. He works all over. 
So say you find a bomb deal and you you know, making some money better than none and, and you're still green and you're like, you know what? I would love to have this comfort blanket of a really good wholesaler on my team. And yep. Kai, you're pretty much calling him and saying, Hey, I want to give you free money for your, your network, your resources, your brain. He's not going to, you know, he's pretty much saying, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'll partner with you. Joint venture. You'd sign a joint venture agreement. Everything y'all agree to in terms, you know, we're going to split it. I'm going to get 20, whatever. So yeah, that's what he meant earlier with the JV. He need, you know, he needed uh, his experience. So he's like, man, I'm ha- I might have trouble pushing this one. So I know these people uh, know some people on this side of town. So I'm gonna make some money off of it. And they both made twelve and a half k. You know? Right on. Yeah, yeah. Kai. So um, with that, when you're looking for deals, like the way our approach, right? Well, my approach right now, I'm sure the other guys are doing some something similar, is uh, going in like seventy percent, like offer of what their asking price is. Uh, what, what do you, what do your numbers, I guess, look like as far as what you go in at to find yeah, a good deal? Th- that's typically where we're at. So we'll do 70% and then we'll minus repairs. Um, and then we'll minus our wholesale fee. Like I'd like to make a minimum of like at least 20 K on each deal. So I'll do yeah minus the extra 20 K. So 70% minus, um, yeah, repairs minus the wholesale fee. And that's your max allowable offer. And I still like to come in lower than that and negotiate, but I know that's like the highest I can offer and still make what I want to make. Gotcha. But some markets pay more. Like California, I know they'll pay a bit more, but I still that's kind of like usually my rough rule of thumb for negotiating. So I know if I have that, it's definitely a deal. I'm gonna be able to move it. Yeah. What um uh, so what's a home run deal for you, guy? Like you're like, man, you know what? Like this is bomb. What's your what's your favorite kind of deal? Home run deal. Um, I guess I, I don't know. That's a tough one. Cause I guess it's like, they all seem like home runs until like you get into the weeds. Um, and like we go to tight on everything. So I'm always excited about them, but yeah, I guess really just like a good profit margin. It's like a good area. And I have buy, like I already have buyers I worked with and I'm like, Oh, that's great. And I know I can already give this deal to that guy. And like, I don't have to chase those unknowns and it's a market I've already done. So I already have a title company. So it's a lot. Yeah. Just like for me, it's like, Oh, getting more, I like getting them now. And, um, in California, cause I have like really good relationship with that title company and I'd have a bunch of buyers. So. Every time I get one of them, I'm like, oh, this is easy. How are you determining your repair costs when you're doing it virtually? Not not well. I guess I guess I have like a cheat sheet and like you just make a rough ballpark thing, but I always let the buyers know I'm very upfront, like, hey, this is a guess. I don't know. I haven't had eyes on the property. Um, because I'll just send someone to take pictures. So that's another thing I do too. Um, so you do it um if you're not there, or even if you are there, just to save yourself time. But we use like TaskRabbit. It's like an app on your phone and pay someone like 20 bucks to go take pictures. Um, or we hire realtors because like realtors are licensed and they're more trustworthy. So uh, we can hire them too and just have them snap pictures or the homeowner can too, if it's not vacant and they don't mind. But awesome. how do you I get a realtor to go out and take pictures? I mean, you're just asking them, you're saying, Hey, I'll give you hundred bucks to go take pictures on this property. Yeah, exactly. I forget what the app is. Um, my wife has access to it. She's a realtor. Um, but you like hiring for showings or something, or you can hire them for, uh, I forget what it is, but it's an app and then you just hire them on there and just see if they want to take it. Cool. Well, I really so, appreciate uh, Oh, y'all hey, keep going. One, one question, my bad. Yeah, so back to the numbers thing, right? So same thing, you go 70% under asking, mm-hmm. minus, minus the other expenses. Uh, when you sell it back to your buyer, what do you go back to the original asking price of what you got under or do you raise it from there so i try to know um like so if, if i got it exactly at that max allowable offer it would just be 20k higher 
in that scenario. Okay. So it would be, it'd be, yeah, it'd be exactly like whatever I have it for. And the difference sure. is what I make. So like, if I didn't get it below my max allowable offer, um, it would be the 20 K cause that's what I, I factor in. But like, if it was a hundred K then it'd be like a hundred K it's whatever you put in for your wholesale fee or the differences that, you know, cause I always want to make sure my you know buyers are happy cause I want to do deals in the long term. So I like to make sure like all their profit margins already baked in. How many offers do you put in per day? You think? Um, well, probably only a handful. Um, yeah, I'd say probably like, cause it's actually like for me, the hardest part is getting the people on the phone that actually want to sell. Cause I'm, I'm like really just weeding through them and vetting them. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say like two or three a day, maybe, but I'm talking to a lot of people and do like a lot of texts and stuff. And so it's more just like getting them through there. Cause I usually don't get an offer until like, you know, like I know they have pain points. I go through my whole sales process and, yeah. And how are you getting your ARVs? Um, so we usually just like um, here we'll use the MLS, um, but I got to say we'll just use, um, I forget what it's called, um, RPR. Um, yeah, yeah, we just use RPR. Yeah, I use RPR for everything. It's so mm -hmm. awesome. It's so quick. Yeah, I, that's great. I take their spreadsheets and I just go in and da 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 for them because, you know, I'm a licensed uh, mm -hmm. freezer. <laughs> But yeah. anyway, but if you're uh, not licensed, yeah, you can use PropStream too. Like when I first started, I just use PropStream. Anybody else got any questions? I really appreciate you hopping on here, Kai. Yeah, That's appreciate cool. you guys having me. Like, so Kai's just he's just putting in offers just like you're doing, and if if he finds a deal, he puts it under contract, and he's most likely going to figure it out. If he doesn't, he just lets it go. Don't make it a habit of letting it go, like all your contracts, but you won't, like you said, Kai, if it's a good deal, you're going to find a buyer. Yeah. hundred percent. I just find someone that I know has a buyer. Like I said, I'm not greedy. I'm happy to like make sure everyone gets paid as long as we can find a buyer. So there's always buyers out there if the numbers are right. Uh, do you know what the hedge funds are doing? Are they still buying real heavy or are you familiar with them? Do you ever work with? Yeah. Uh, we sold the open door. Um, like last year we sold a couple of deals to them. But I don't know. They looks like their criteria has been the same. I don't know. They changed it all the time. I haven't looked recently though. Mm -hmm. But I don't really deal with too many hedge funds. Cool. Like I said again, man, thank you so much for coming on and uh appreciate all y'all jumping on too. Hope y'all got a bunch of nuggets out of this. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please refer a friend. It would mean the world to me. And also, if you'd like to learn more about real estate investing, go to www.exclusivehousinginvestors.com. If you're interested in joining the mastermind group, email me at travis at exclusivehousingtexas.com.